0: To the Light the Path podcast series, an initiative for women at Roche by the International Women's Network or IWN here in Asia Pacific. This series aims to encourage all our listeners to inspire women at Roche to carve their path towards achieving their purpose, career and personal goals. When we proactively and passionately light The path, we advocate for her. We build her confidence, we increase her presence, and we unlock her potential. This ultimately builds an inclusive environment where all employees can be their authentic selves and thrive at work.
1: Hi everyone, this is Ian, a marketing enabling partner based in Singapore. Thanks for tuning in to the IWN podcast. You're listening to part two of my conversation with Anne Costello, Global Head of Roche Diagnostic Solutions, Michelle Klein, Global Head Quality and Regulatory, and last but not least, C.O.K. Hornstein, Global Head Strategy and Transformation. As we discuss the topic of work-life balance and how to navigate opportunities for career development, increasing visibility and getting exposure at work post-transformation, if you missed part one of this discussion, please feel free to listen to the previous episode first before coming back to listen to this second part of the discussion. And I think we we want to shift gears a bit, you know, from the career development phase to a bit on the work-life balance. I think we have already touched on that a bit. So the next question is for you, Rochelle. We often hear about, you know, the work-life balance really, really important, especially for new mothers, you know, and I can personally, you know, really um, testify to that because during the COVID-19 lockdown, a lot of my colleagues, you know, they have kids, you know, they are in virtual calls and at the same time, you know, their kids are... demanding their attention. So it's really difficult to juggle between that. During your days You know, as a returning new mother to work, what were your thoughts and struggles about returning to work and as a part two to this? And during this period, how were you encouraged in continuing your career development?
2: So I have three kids, um, 19, 14 and uh, 16. Put that together, it was three kids in five years. So they were small. I think with each one it got a little bit better uh coming back to the office but if I think back to going back to work after my first son being born it it's really hard it's hard to hand that little bundle over to somebody else and trust mm-hmm. them to take care of it while you're at work I did a couple of practice day runs and <laughs> I purposely somebody had given me a good piece of advice and said don't go back to work on a Wednesday or on a on a Monday go mm-hmm. back on a Wednesday or a Thursday so at the beginning of that week I did a couple of dry runs and Propped him off for two hours, for three hours, <laughs> and kind of built into it. But it wasn't easy. And then I was fortunate, you know, as I said, I had male leaders in in during my career that were supportive. and I was fortunate enough at the time to have a boss whose wife had her own business. So he was used to juggling kids and work and he could understand he didn't. So I was fortunate that he knew You know, if the daycare calls and says your kid is sick, you got to go get him. You know, he understood and was very supportive. You know, it was 19 years ago, so working from home wasn't really an option. It was, I don't, I think we had dial up at the time. So, you know, it wasn't like I could go home and, check in later. But I think part of it too is also trying to set your own boundaries and being comfortable with that. And one of the things that I've done and still do to this day is try to leave the office at a decent time by 5, 530. Majority of times I get back online. Uh, you know, when my kids were little, they're only up for a short period of time at the end of the day. So when they would go to bed, then I would get back um, and, and do some work or bring some stuff home with me that I needed to do. And I tried to balance it that way. But having that family time was really important to me mm-hmm. and still is. But it's it, it's not always an equal balance. Uh, sometimes work requires a little bit more, like this week and last week I was here. So mm-hmm. I'm, it's all full-on work. And I go home the weekend, and now I'll spend that with my family. But then there's other times where I may not have a late meeting in the afternoon, and then I can take my kids to their activities. So I try to manage my time as best mm-hmm. as I can. But, you know, it can be a challenge at times, and it's not always easy, but I think it's important that women set that boundary for themselves, because work will consume you. I'll share an example. When I first, um, uh, one of the roles I had, I was located in Branchburg, um, New Jersey, which is on the east coast of the U.S., and when I first came into that role, I was sitting on the molecular leadership team, and the rest of the team was in California. There started to be a pattern emerged that there would be calls in the afternoon time in California, and it would be five o'clock my time when I needed to pick up a kid from somewhere or when I was trying to get out or trying to cook dinner. It was just not working. So I, after much contemplation and getting my courage up, because I was new in the role and in the next one-on-one with my, and it wasn't my direct boss. It was kind of like a dotted line boss. Um, I, I said to him like, Hey, you know, these afternoon calls in California are not really working for me because I need to be with my kids between these hours. And he was like, Oh, wow. I didn't even think about it. I'm so sorry. Not my intention. You know, he's like, I'm like, I get it. The rest of the team is there and I'm the outlier. But you know, he, he was like, don't worry about it. If it happens again, you know, I'll just call you later or text you. In let you know what happened but totally switched and it was really the exception for him to schedule a call that I needed to be in at the end of my day and I used I I tell that to women often because if I hadn't said anything it was out of no bad intent on on the leader's part Um, but if I hadn't spoken up he wouldn't have recognized it and he was super supportive so I would just encourage speak up set your boundaries around your family because ultimately they'll be there longer than work will
1: (laughs) yeah i think it's about finding your ally as well you know work yeah i think it's great that your boss you know recognizes that and he's able to give you that space right? to be a mother i think that's really important because you don't want to kind of miss you know the, the first few years of development of your kids as well and it's great to hear that you had that opportunity and i believe our listeners today will be happy to hear that our leadership team are you know asking them you know to ensure that your boss knows about your situation and give you that space as well you know to flex and ensure that you can be at home and you can also deliver Value at work, so Anne, how about you? Any any personal experience to share from that front as well?
3: Yeah, I think that's the same. I mean, I don't have kids, but it's the it's, it's part of the problem, right? You know, to a certain extent, you have a reason why you have not. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I think it's it's about setting those personal boundaries, as Rochelle said, right? Because. You need to keep the balance for yourself and for for your partner, your spouse, right? Your your family life is is, is equally important, if not more important, right. right? So I think that's what I also try to do. If I had multiple days, one after the other, where I'm working late, then on a, a Friday or whatever, I'll, I'll take a bit right. more time, right? And I think that's the the beauty of the way we we now know that you can flex and you don't have to be on twenty four seven. You can make it work and don't feel guilty about taking that time mm-hmm. you've earned that time you mm-hmm. deserve it you mm-hmm. need that time mm-hmm. to keep the balance thank you so much and
1: and i think we want to go back to one of the center of the topics today as well in the podcast which is all around transformation mm-hmm. i think it has happened in dire and pharma as well in diabetes care i think one of the key questions maybe i can ask you first okay is that through these transformations that you have seen and of course the recent one uh, transformed what opportunities and challenges you know are you seeing in terms of career development Explosion.
4: So um, l- let me start with, with the opportunities, and I think Anne mentioned uh, earlier already. With Transform D, we we have become a way more global organization, uh, and what we are also seeing that many, not all, but many roles uh, we have a a bigger flexibility in terms of location, where certain jobs in the past have only been in Switzerland, mm-hmm. where we say nowadays, it can be in Switzerland, but it can also be in a few mm. other countries. And I think with that, it opens also opportunities to uh, to colleagues around the world, which are not so flexible for different reasons, actually. So I think that has certainly given um, more opportunities in terms of career development I think the other element is certainly we work way more connected. We work in, um, in, in more cross-functional teams. So I don't even need to change sometimes my position uh, if I want to learn and develop some new skills because I can join for a certain period of a time a team. And I think we do that to a way bigger extent actually than we did in, in, in the past. And a few of the opportunities, I leave uh, some more to you ladies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nevertheless, I also don't want to. Yes, there are, of course, also challenges with it. And I think one of the challenges which we have experienced uh, after TransformD or when we implemented the structural changes. We consciously said that we want to have flatter hierarchies. We don't want to have that many layers in the organization anymore. We had organizations where we had like nine hierarchy levels. And we said, hey, we want to, whenever possible, limit that to five. Because uh, information will flow faster and also decisions will be We can make decisions faster. Um, We don't want to have these micro teams where uh, a a manager is managing a few or leading a few people. So we want to expand the span of control also to empower uh, people in the teams. Yet that has challenged the traditional way of how we thought careers. Mm. And careers were thought, I move up the hierarchy ladder. While we say today, career is also the impact you have in an organization, and it's the personal development you you make in an organization, and that's not necessarily defined over over hierarchy levels. But it's a change in concept, and it's actually a change for many of us who have grown up in an organization who thought that for many many years. And I think that takes explanation. Uh, it also takes that we show alternatives to that, and that we explain how we think career developments in Rush.
1: Thanks a lot, Okay, And I agree that I think the career growth isn't gonna be so straightforward anymore. But really focusing on the impact, you know, that you can bring and I really look forward, you know, to future of you know where we're heading towards. Yeah, so how about you, uh, Rochelle if in regards to that question of the transformation, what sort of opportunities and challenges are you seeing right now?
2: Similarly to what uh, Silka was saying, I think going to a more global organization has opened up opportunities. And I had one really strong leader in the regulatory team who wanted the opportunity to to have some global experience. Um, was very U.S. focused, but. Um, was not able to move. But through our transformation, because we've gone to this more global organization, she now has a global team and leads people across multiple locations. So she's getting that growth and development without physically having to up and move her family. Uh, So it it has opened up things a little bit differently for us. Um, It has also opened up how we look at um, putting some communities of practice together. So for example, here in APAC, we put a community of practice together in regulatory and in quality. So it now brings together the global organization together with the affiliates across the APAC region. So there's much more connectivity. They can help solve a a challenge together as a team. So you're getting exposed to, to issues and problems and ideas and innovation in a different way. So I think the new structure and the new ways in which we are operating are opening up much more Opportunities for personal development and career development that we've ever seen before, because people are are seeing beyond their silo of my country or my function, and they're getting not just the opportunity to work, but also the opportunity to network with other individuals as well.
1: Thanks a lot, Rochelle. And, and any uh, one or two challenges that you will kind of foresee in, in you know in the coming months in the US as well?
2: Yeah. So I think. The flip side to that yeah. is um, people have gone from having their boss next to them, telling them what to do on a day-to-day basis yeah. to their boss being somewhere else in the world. Um, and that is, that's a shift for people. And it, it makes, you know, there's some fear, there's some uncomfort, there's, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, I even got asked, well, like now that person next to me that I've always worked next to, they report to somebody else, should I still talk and work with them? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I think it's it's people are still trying to live into yep. the new model and figure out how this works. But that's the flip side of positively, then you get more empowerment because you don't have somebody there every day telling you what to do.
1: And yeah, you can just swamp do meaningful work. That you feel you know will def- definitely generate more value, not just for the organization, also for yourself to kind of grow as a person. You mentioned about being able to network with different people as well through this new transformation. I think that's really exciting. And how about you? And you know, in terms of opportunities and challenges in this new transformation?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the the opportunities absolutely outweigh the challenges. Um, and you know, I think we've, we've highlighted a number of them that we've heard. But I think you know, overall, for me, the the whole thing is sort of how we're thinking differently about the business, right? We were very siloed around our technologies. I work in molecular, I work in CPS, I work in this. And now we're we're thinking of the customer and the patient, right? Which is fantastic because quite frankly, the customer doesn't care about technology. Yeah. They want to know the outcome, right? What do I do with my patient? So I think that's been a great outcome of, of Transform D and and people have embraced that very much. I think on the challenger side, it's change. Change is always difficult. And some people embrace change and go very fast with it. And then you have people that are, I don't know, and I have to wait and see. And then you have people that are like, I've done this for 30 years. I don't want to change. And so the question is, you know, how do you, how do you try to get most people on board with you? And you have to have the time and the patience to work through that with people and to sort of ease them out of that anxiety and show them, What's going to be great with this new model, right. and I think that's the, you know that you know it doesn't go as fast as you think, um, and you you know you can't drive it usually any faster because you want to make sure you bring the people along with right. you as well. Yep. So that was an important learning for all of us because I guess we're all very much a runners, really sprinters, <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, and so yep. we had to learn yep. also to to take a bit of a step back and make sure that we were inclusive as well.
1: I have a follow up question for you. I think one of the things that in the transformation is around one rush the mm-hmm. you know, one rush has come up quite a lot and we are really exploring the synergies especially between pharma and diet. so any you know any words of encouragement in terms of that form yeah. of transform uh, that form of transformation and what sort of, what sort of opportunities are you seeing you know from a one rush perspective
3: yeah well I think you work in the area where we're, we're doing a great job around one rush right okay. I think you know if I think about Alzheimer's it's it's one of those diseases that my goodness! If you just look at the magnitude, it is a huge mm-hmm. public health concern, right? Mm-hmm. With no real sort of opportunities for those patients, right? And it's it's very it's very trying, not just for the patient, but for their family, who usually are the carers, um, and so you know working together with the ability to be able to diagnose those patients much earlier and with the hope that we have to be able to bring a therapy mm. that can you know re- reverse that situation and and allow people to live to their full uh, mm. lives as well so I look at that team and I think that's a great model how we're working together. We have, you know, the the, the Gantt team is just really in sync. We have the the assays that we have now, mm-hmm. the CSF. We're working on the blood base, and they're really, really working closely together. In fact, Simona and I just did a video uh, recently um, because there's a, a meeting, a global meeting with mm-hmm. the affiliates as well, and and just talking about that opportunity. And it's it's fantastic. A, it's hugely important from a you know a health. Pr- a public health position, but also the fact that it brings us very much together as one Roche, and we can really show what a difference we can make as a company compared to many other companies. Totally.
1: Thanks a lot, Anne, for sharing that. I think Thank we've come to you know the last five minutes of you know our podcast, and we are really grateful for the time spent together. Um, but we can't let you go just yet. Um, We just want to hear, you know, one last piece of advice or maybe a golden nugget of wisdom for each of you, uh, for our colleagues here in APEC to take away today. Maybe we could start with you, Michelle.
2: Nugget. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say be yourself, set your boundaries, and make impact.
4: And for me, I mean, specifically now as we are in APEC, I would really encourage all the APEC co- uh, colleagues take the opportunity to broaden your network. We discuss different means how how this can be done. Doesn't always require a move, but broaden the network into uh, into other parts of the organization, also outside of APEC. Be proud actually what you are doing here, mm. and speak about what you are doing here and share it with others because there are big parts also of the organization who can benefit and profit from what you are doing here.
1: Thanks so much, okay. And How about you, Anne?
3: I, I think the, the one piece I would give as, a, as advice and you know something probably it took me a long time to learn mm-hmm. myself is be, you know, be confident in, in what you can do and also be confident that you can grow into something. Even if it looks like a stretch from the outside, you will be able to do it. You have to stretch, but that's okay. We all have to do that and just be confident that you will be successful.
1: Thank you so much you know, for sharing these golden nuggets uh, with us to take away. And on behalf of the International Women's Network APAC Committee, we sincerely thank our panelists today you know, for joining us. And we look forward to continue this connection and conversations uh, in the world ahead. So, and also special thanks to the listeners uh, for tuning in and hope you all at least have one main takeaway today that you can put action uh, in your current season of your career. So, take care and goodbye.
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode of Light a Path. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, sign up for our Coffee Chat series, which will happen in two weeks' time. Our Coffee Chats are a space for colleagues to learn and discuss specific topics so we can all learn about creating an inclusive environment at work. You can sign up for these sessions by clicking the link in the description. Join us for the next episode of our Light the Path podcast.